It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisankos. Welcome. Yay, we to got the- it right today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Farquharson Trisankos. We're, we're thing one and thing two, as you yeah. said in our retreat. <laughs> we are so happy you're joining us today on Tuesday, November 8th. This is Tuesday of the 32nd week in ordinary time. We're coming to a close of ordinary time and getting ready for Advent. Uh, coming up, Stacy and I mm-hmm. have a retreat, an Advent retreat this Saturday. We'll be traveling to Bangor, Maine, and uh, we won't be here for the next two days, but we will be playing rerun episodes from season one. <laughs> Today, we are going to, Stacey's going to start us with prayer and reading the scriptures for today, and she'll encourage you to get your coffee. I already have mine. Mm-hmm. What we're going through in the catechism today is Sections 109 through 114, the Holy Spirit interpreter of scripture. And we just love going. We, I love reading the Bible with Stacy every day with the church because we're reading the scriptures that the USCCB yeah. has out. I love reading the catechism because uh, it's really nice to just sit down and take it slow going through it cover to cover yeah. and seeing just how much the Vatican II documents are throughout, especially De Verbum. Yeah. in the first part and and also scripture and the church fathers like origin saint thomas aquinas mm-hmm. so it's it's really a blessing so we encourage you, you there are links below our pod if you go to the podcast page on our website there are links below with uh, that'll take you right to the usccb bible reading and right to the usccb catechism page that we're talking about for the day let's say our prayer in the name of the father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, let your scriptures be our chaste delight. Perfect us and reveal those pages to us. Your voice is our joy. Give us what we love. May the inner secrets of your words be laid open to us when we knock. This we beg by our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. These are the treasures we seek in your books. Mother Mary, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, yes, yes. Like Stacy said, get your cup of tea or your cup of coffee and your Bible and be sure to spend some time with the Lord today. He wants to talk to you. Okay, so today we're going to be, um, we're, I'm, I'm wrong, I want to read the reading to you. <laughs> I got tongue-tied. I want to read your morning tongue. (laughs) (laughs) I want to read the reading to you in Titus chapter 2. It says, Beloved, you must say what is consistent with sound doctrine, namely that older men should be temperate, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love, and endurance. Similarly, older women should be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers, not addicted to drink, teaching what is good, 
so that they may train younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, chaste, good homemakers under the control of their husbands so that the word of God may not be discredited. Urge the younger men similarly to control themselves, showing yourself as a model of good deeds in every respect, with integrity in your teaching, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be criticized, so that the opponent will be put to shame without anything bad to say about us. For the grace of God has appeared, saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age. As we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of the great God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. That's a lot of good instruction. Thanks be to God. That is amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of good instruction. Wow. So again, Paul is writing this letter here to Titus, who uh, he refers to as his loyal child in the faith. Now, Paul had left Titus in Crete to finish putting things in order by appointing some elders. And he gives Titus the criteria to look for. Um, they needed to be blameless, married only once. Their children had to be believers, um, not arrogant or quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not greedy. They needed to be hospitable. They needed to be prudent, devout, and self-control and have a firm grasp of the word so that they can preach with sound doctrine and refute those who contradict it. So in chapter one, Paul tells Titus, that there are people who are being rebellious, especially those of the circumcision, who are upsetting and deceiving entire families by not teaching what is right. They weren't teaching sound doctrine. So in chapter 1, verse 16, Paul writes, They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their actions. So our actions should line up with our words. But as we know, our actions sometimes speak louder than our words, right? Well, I mean, that's awesome if it's positive, godly, faithful, you know, appropriate actions. But when our actions are contrary to God's will, plan, and purpose, they certainly do more damage than good. Have you ever said to your children, do what I say and not what I do? I've actually said that before because I want them Never. to do better. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to do better. Yes. I might be struggling with unforgiveness, but I don't want them to struggle with it. I want them to do better, be better than me. Sometimes when they were growing up, my example, it wasn't always the best. Sometimes I'd say things I shouldn't, do things I shouldn't. I remember when my kids were growing up, there were many arguments with their dads, that, with their dad that not, I know that they overheard those arguments. And I regret that. I mean, they, they did not, the, the arguments did not reflect you know, that walking and love godly character that I wanted to exemplify to them. This flesh covered human being, me, this girl, Stacy Farquharson, I've tried hard to align my words and my actions, meaning I, I want to do the right thing so that my witness isn't jaded in front of my kids. But I am covered in this stuff called flesh and I experience some crazy emotions sometimes. I say things and I immediately regret them. I mean, talk about sticking your foot in your mouth. Have you ever <laughs> tried to catch the words coming out of your mouth? Like the, the harshest minute? 
thing I've ever heard you say is good not a body. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe not like cursing or anything like that, but just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time yes. or yeah. being a little short or, or uh-huh. you know, just not Snippy. saying something that was very nice, just inappropriate. Like, anyway, I have said things where I am as it's coming out, I'm literally trying to catch it and screaming at myself in my head, just stop talking, just stop talking, Stacy. just shut it down. <laughs> because not only do our words matter, like we were talking about yesterday, right? You know, um, what's in abundance of the heart comes out the mouth, but our actions matter. We can negate what we say and ruin our witness when we aren't obeying God and obeying when we're just obeying our fleshly desires, If we love him, we will obey him. He tells us that. So that our witness will have weight to it. So that was a short recap of chapter one. But today we're in chapter two. And Paul is still writing to Titus and telling everyone, telling all of us how we need to behave, um, which is what we've been talking about. There's so much to learn. And God just keeps showing us how to walk it out, how to... Uh, interact with one another, how to treat one another, how to walk in love. And I love that because, you know, we can say that all day long. Oh, just walk in love. Be nice. But he really is giving us specifics and telling us how to do it. So most of chapter two is pretty straightforward, self-explanatory. But there are a few things that I want to make sure that we hear when we read it. So also I want to I want to say uh, pay attention to the so that's. They're kind of like the butt gods. (laughs) I I love the so that's in scripture because, you know, many times, (laughs) many times when you read so that it's, of course, going to tell you why. Right. But many times we find that God is telling us to do something so that others may be blessed. It's like there's a bigger picture. And that's why, you know, every time I turn around, I feel like the Lord is is saying, Stacy, it's not just about you. I want you to do this so that others are blessed, so that others are benefited, so that your witness won't be jaded, so that people will take you serious when you say you love me. (laughs) So, um, and I want to read what it says about us older women. Says, I was I was zooming in on that part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It says older women should be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers. Okay, so let's stop there. Yes. We're not to be mudslingers. We're not to assassinate each other's character. We're to encourage one another, build each other up. I read something one day on social ma- media that really stuck with me. And I'll put it on our, our Facebook, our Stacy Stacy Facebook page. But it said, be the kind of woman who fixes another woman's crown without telling oh, yeah, the world it was crooked. Yes. I love that. Um, it's been floating around. So most of you have probably seen it, but I just loved it. It really spoke to me. Okay. It goes on to say, not addicted to drink, teaching what is good so that... They may train younger women to love their husbands and children. See, right there, it tells us that we are to be reverent in our behavior. We're not to be slanderers. We're not to be addicted to drink. We are to teach what is good. Those four things so that 
others may be blessed, that younger women we may, may receive from us. If we do these four things, then they're going to receive from us and we can speak into their lives and help them and train them to love their husbands and children. Yep. This is truly one way we can be different than mm -hmm. the world because the world will always side with your pain and unhappiness and justify negative responses, encouraging you. The world will encourage you to put on Saul's armor instead of God's armor. Mm -hmm. You know, like we said uh, yesterday, living in this crazy, perverse generation is like experiencing upside down opposite day. Mm -hmm. The world, um, you know, wants us to live contrary to God's will and his word because the enemy wants to ruin our witness. So no one will take us seriously. So no one will take our walk with the Lord seriously. Isaiah 520 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's a pretty powerful um, relevant scripture. I mean, that's what we see right now. I remember when I was, I was at one point in my life, young years and years ago, I was in a pretty abusive relationship and I truly did not know which way was up. The Lord had to start showing me what was appropriate and what was not, what was good and what was evil, what was a I could tolerate and what I absolutely was not to tolerate. And sometimes we just, we fall into the trap of just, you know, following along and, you know, like, like the world, like I said yesterday, jumping on that bandwagon. And sometimes we need someone to walk alongside us and show us how to get back on that path. Sometimes we need someone to come along and straighten our crown. There is a reason we are to speak the truth and love, encourage one another and build each other up, like we said, and to teach what is good so that we can walk in love with one another, starting with our families, our husbands and our children. Mother Teresa said, what can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. It starts with our families. Remember, God's mercy is new every morning. Okay, it goes on to say, for the grace of God has appeared, training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. When people look at us, listen to us, they should be able to see what we stand for, who we stand for. The grace of God trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, mm -hmm. godly lives in this present age. All this because... Jesus gave himself for us to deliver us from lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own who are eager to do what is good. We should be eager to do what is good. We should be excited to do what the Lord asks us to do. I know when God gives me an assignment or when I know that I know that I know that it's something he's asking me to do. It's exciting to know that you are, that you ha have a, an assignment that you have a, a mission if you choose to accept it. <laughs> I encourage you to read the book of Titus. It is only three chapters. Yep. The third chapter simply gives more instruction on maintaining good deeds. And I wish we had time to go into it because it's really good. It talks about avoiding quarrels and devoting ourselves to good works in order to meet urgent needs and not being unproductive. Mm -hmm. Short, 
but a good read. Remember, when you read Holy Scripture, God speaks to you. So be sure and take some time to see what the Lord would say to you today. Amen. That was, boy, talk about, that's, I had a jumped out moment when you were reading that. (laughs) (laughs) It jumped at me. Oh, it's happening. Because, (laughs) Because I'm always thinking about what kind of older woman do I want to be? And I don't know if other women, I didn't read that anywhere. That's just something that came into my head as I got into my fifties. Like what kind of older woman do I want to be? First of all, I had to realize I'm not in my thirties anymore. I am not a young woman. (laughs) Nobody looks at me and says, Oh, that's a young woman. No, people look at me and think that's a mature woman. They expect me to act maturely yeah. And uh, and I don't but I just don't feel 50 sometimes. And and I I really and seriously have to tell myself, Stacey, it's time to grow up. <laughs> it's time to grow up. I don't I don't make the underwear, you know, sometimes people say about growing up. <laughs> yeah. We're ma'ams <laughs> but, now. <laughs> yeah, I just but I am. And I think about like, what kind of older woman do I want to be? I know this is going to sound totally goofy, but I'm like, I don't want to have Botox. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to do that. That's why I was I was teaching Stacey last night how to do neck exercises. Yes. So it can keep your neck strong so that its skin doesn't sag as much. <laughs> I do that. I, I do exercises. But also, I don't want to be, I don't want to have any face surgery. You know, like I'm not, I'm not saying it's totally a sin if you do, but I don't want to. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I do have to wear makeup, you know, or I'll scare people. So I do have to do that. <laughs> I have to put my false eyelashes on. Yes, I do too. And, and, you know, that like minute, like things, there are some things, but there are some lines I'm trying to decide. I'm not saying this is not objective truth per Stacey Tresenko's. This is just like what I want to do. I do get my roots colored because I'm just not ready for the gray yet. But at some point I won't. Um, But more than that, this reverent, be reverent in your behavior, not slanderers, not addicted to drink. And teaching what is good and training the younger women. I have this sense very strongly as a mother of five daughters and um, four granddaughters. I, I, I kind of drive down the road and I'm thinking about it. And I say to myself, Stacy, it's not your world anymore. Mm, like, you know, the clan, the oyster shell saying or whatever. When you're young, it's kind of like your world. I'm going out there. I'm taking that horse by the reins. I'm going after my goals or if that's the kind of person you are. Like, it's it's my world. Get out of my way. This is my life. At this point in my life, I had to, like, realize I got to stop running that race. I need to slow down a little bit. And it, it's now more about what kind of world am I going to leave to them? What yeah. kind of role model am I going to be? How am I going to be a symbol of reverence and and be good? So I I am not just slandering. I'm not not slandering for my own sake. Now I'm I'm trying to be a good role model. I want to be a reverent woman. I want to I want younger women to look at me and say that is reverence and that is holy and mature. And um, I want to be like that when I get older. I don't want to be the kind of older woman where the younger women are like, I hope I'm never that, like that old crank. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that does, that jumped at me. So yeah. speaking of interpreting scripture, though, let's turn now to the catechism. I am in um, the, I'm not going to go through all the articles, chapters, section, parts, 
but I'm on page, I'll do it easier. Yeah. I'm on page 32 in the USCCB's copy of the catechism, which is available online. You can click the links for both scripture and the catechism below our, our podcast recording. Yes. And save it in your favorites so that yeah. you can pull it up every day. Yes. That's what I do. And so on page 33 is where you'll see sections 109 through 114. So if you don't want to worry about which article, part, chapter, section I'm in, um, that, that page, page 32, and sections 109 to 114 today, where it talks about the Holy Spirit, interpreter of Scripture. Okay. Again, this comes from Dave Verbum and also Scripture and St. Thomas Aquinas and a little bit from Origen at the end today. In sacred scripture, God speaks to man in a human way. To interpret scripture correctly, the reader must be attentive to what the human authors truly wanted to affirm and to what God wanted to reveal. So it's not it's not so simple. I mean, it is as simple as praying and saying, God, speak to me. But it doesn't mean that, that I think this is what sometimes people do. They shove God out of the way and they're not letting God speak to them through the scripture. They're reading what they want to read into yeah. the scripture mm -hmm. and taking it out of context. And so yes. we don't take it out of context. And um, in order, the next part, to discover the sacred author's intention, the reader must take into account the conditions of their time and culture, the literary genres in use at that time. And so I didn't even know what that meant at first. Um, and the modes of feeling speaking and narrating the content for the fact is that truth is differently presented and expressed in the various types of historical writing in prophetical and poetical texts and in other forms of literary expression. So mm -hmm. I never really thought about the Bible as being a book written by many different men, all inspired by the Holy spirit. And mm -hmm. the way that Genesis is written is clearly different from the way Psalms is written, is clearly mm -hmm. different from the way the Gospels are written. It's clearly different from the way these letters from St. Paul are written and different from the way Revelations is written. So right. we have to take into account the human author, what he was saying. Like, for example, in Genesis, I never had thought about this before until I started studying that question. Genesis if now that I've read some of the cosmogony accounts of other ancient religions, like the creation myths of other religions, Genesis sounds a lot like some of them, except Genesis is very natural. God created this stuff. God created everything. God, then God created man and man is at the pinnacle. You know, God, it's, it's very naturalistic. Whereas the other creation myths, they kind of sound like Genesis, but they're very much, um, you know, superhumans, super gods, like not not really the one God, but just like what we would call superheroes or mythical creatures uh, fought bloody battles, dismembered each other. And that mm -hmm. became the, the natural element. So there Genesis is written to communicate the simple fact that God is the creator of everything. God is the creator. The world is not to be worshipped. The world is not a God. God mm. is the creator of the world. So just that's just one example. But you have to take into account the different genre, the different uh, ways of writing that were mm. in use at that time, the modes of feeling to a chemist that's like jello. I don't even know how to... <laughs> 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 what's the formula of that 
um, speaking and hearing, but I get it. I get it now that I'm older. I understand what they're saying. So appreciate the different ways that it's written. You may like, I, I like Mark. Like Mark is my favorite gospel because Mark is just very, very succinct, very precise. And he makes the point and moves on. That mm -hmm. you know, it's very short and choppy. And I'm like, okay, got it. Move on. Next part. <laughs> and it's just, it fits me. Uh, but think about that when you're reading scripture, the different genres, the different modes of feeling speaking. Okay, moving on, because I don't want to take I could talk about this forever and I don't want to go over time because we all have our days. Oh, 111. But since sacred scripture is inspired, there is another and no less important principle of correct interpretation, without which scripture would remain a dead letter. Sacred scripture must be read and interpreted in the light of the same spirit by whom it was written. Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. So mm -hmm. just like Stacy does every day, what is the first thing you do before we read? You pray. Pray. Mm -hmm. She prays and you pray that beautiful prayer from St. Augustine to open our minds and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. That is by the book. That's mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do. <laughs> the Second Vatican Council indicates three criteria for interpreting scripture in accordance with the spirit who inspired it. So if you're if you're like me, you're like, OK, I want to do that. But what, what what does that mean? What does it mean I have to do? Here's the three things. And then this is it. One twelve. The first thing. Be especially attentive to the content and unity of the whole scripture. Different as the books which comprise it may be, scripture is a unity by reason of the unity of God's plan, of which Christ Jesus is the center and heart, open since his Passover. And mm -hmm. there is a quote from St. Thomas Aquinas there. Uh, let me just read it. The phrase heart of Christ can refer to sacred scripture, which makes known his heart closed before the passion as the scripture was obscure, but the scripture has been opened since the passion of Christ, since those who from then on have understood it, consider and discern it in what way the prophecies must be interpreted. So um, he's saying that that kind of stumped me. Like, what does that mean that his, the heart of Christ was closed? It wasn't revealed yet. Mm -hmm. his, his heart was revealed during the passion of Christ. And so this is something I actually teach in my classes at whole, at a, Seton Hall, when we're talking about, of all things, evolution, you have to read the Bible with Christ at the center. You got to read Genesis knowing the Gospels are coming. Yeah. You know, like Genesis says, in the beginning, God created. St. John's Gospel 1 1 says, in the beginning was yeah. the Word. Yes. Rationality, the, the world was created with order. And, and so we read the two together centered around Christ at the very center of scripture. So be attentive to the unity of the whole. You can't cherry pick scripture. Number two, read the scripture within the living tradition of the whole church. According to the fathers, sacred scripture is written principally in the church's heart rather than in documents and records for the church carries in her tradition, the living memorial of God's word. And it is the Holy spirit who gives her the spiritual interpretation of the scripture um, according to the spiritual meaning, which the spirit grants to the church. Now, again, to me, that's jello. I don't know what that means. Like how can you, like, how do I know if the living tradition of the whole church is, how do I know if someone's right or not? You can't be legalistic and reductionist about it. Like you can't be like me. You can't be like me and say, okay, give me the formula. You can't check the boxes. This is something I say a lot. You can't check the boxes. This means read 
with the living tradition of the whole church. In other words, when you read the scripture today, like Stacy did, realize you're reading a scripture that came to us long, long, long ago. And it meant something to the people in that time. It meant something to our great, 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 great grandparents who read it. It, mm -hmm. it, it meant something all along and it'll mean something to us today. So don't try to check the boxes. That's what it means. Read in faithfulness and fidelity to the church mm -hmm. and sit on it, simmer with it, live with it. Let it bump around in your head a little bit. Don't look like we do in math class for the one final right answer. Read it with an open heart, constantly casting to God. God, I'm here. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I'm mm -hmm. going to listen to what you're saying to me in scripture, but also get comfortable that sometimes you may not have all the answers you need in that moment. And mm -hmm. that, that's how we read scripture. Three, last part, because I don't want to go over. Um, I'm, I've got like a couple of minutes. Be attentive to the analogy of faith. By analogy of faith, we mean the coherence of the truths of faith among themselves and within the whole plan of revelation. So the analogy of faith. Analogy of faith um, means that the truths of faith among themselves and within the whole plan, they're revealed. Okay, they're revealed. So just as the script, the analogy here is just as the scriptures are revealed to us, God also, like Stacy says all the time, God will reveal himself to you. Mm -hmm. God will speak to us as well. Yes. Be attentive to that. And so otherwise, Stacy, you're you're doing it exactly right. You're praying every morning. You're taking time to meditate on the scriptures. You're taking time to look up and study what was going on with Paul when he was writing. You know, what was going who was Titus? What were they doing together? Why were they working together? Um understand all of that and it's such a richer experience and you can come back and read the same thing next year and and maybe next year you know it won't jump out at me old women be reverent in your behavior what'll jump out to me is older men be temperate <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's i may, right. I may, I may be needing to minister to my husband in a special way or so no um but yeah it's living anyway all that to say I just love this. And um, sometimes so many people say Catholics don't read the Bible. Yes, we do. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. <laughs> there's so much scripture in the mass. There's, there's mm -hmm. every, yes, the Bible is, is, uh, is paramount scriptures and the catechism scripture and tradition and the magisterium. They all work together. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. Yes. We hope you have a good day. We will not be back tomorrow or Wednesday because we're both going to be um, traveling. We're heading up to Bangor, Maine to do a women's retreat up there. I have to make a quick stop at the University of Iowa to do um, a talk on Science Was Born of Christianity. And then uh, next week, I'm, I'm really like excited about this and blown away that they invited me to Notre Dame to give the Edison lecture after the gold mass for scientists there. So that's like a a, a huge it. yeah and i'll be so we'll be we're going to do only the next two days we have to do uh reruns we've never done that before <laughs> but uh we're gonna run two of our our best that we think best podcasts from episode from season one and uh we won't be doing scripture tradition for the next two days because we have very early flights and won't be able to do that because i can't do it from the plane but we'll be back uh Friday to tell you about the retreat that we have coming up on Saturday. Yes. Anything else? I think that's it. Y'all have a wonderful day.
I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisenkos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>